Brandon. Let's get this show started. Sounds good. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Writer's Block. My name is Brandon Morehouse. And I'm Jake Flukiger. <laughs> and this week, we're going to be talking about writing and politics. Ooh, that's a... That's going to be a heavy one, I feel like. It but is going to be a heavy one. <laughs> it's going to be fun. And I do want to preface this, that I reserve the right to mute somebody if they're deliberately triggering people. That's not what we're here about. We're here to talk about how to incorporate politics into your writing. So, Jake, how's your week been? Um, my week has been a little bit busy. I took on some extra work, uh, like some extra hours at work. Yes. Um and so that's been interesting. I just barely made it home like five minutes ago, and uh, here I am. So I think we were both running a little, little close tonight. I think I got home probably about 15 minutes ago, and I scarfed down a plate of goulash, and I was like, okay, now we're ready to go. <laughs> See, you're one step ahead of me. I haven't had dinner yet, but it's only 6 o'clock here, so I'll have some dinner afterwards. That's fine. That's fine. For those of you that are new, this is an open discussion. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, please feel free to hit that mic button in the bottom corner. And if you can't, if you're listening back to us on any of the streaming networks, is it streaming or podcasting? I don't know what the word is for that, Jake. What is that? Yeah podcast platforms yes, please be sure to give us a like and a comment and we will get back to you <clears throat> excuse me as per usual jake and i usually like to do an icebreaker we like to throw the ball back and forth on who's in charge of it each week the other one not knowing what the topic's going to be this week jake's getting me i am i am and so here's the thing brandon oh lord um obviously with our topic tonight of writing and politics we know that there's been a lot having happening politically in the u.s and really frankly around the world yes. um and so we really have to ask ourselves which side of the coin we're on and my question for you is are you <laughs> i'm laughing yes I'm laughing why are you laughing because i'm like i'm nervous like <laughs> don't you should be nervous. i don't get nervous but okay go ahead um, are you Team Edward or Team Get Jacob? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, okay, am I Team... Which one? I don't really know them that well, but I want to say Jacob. Jacob's the wolf, right? Yeah, Jacob's the wolf. Team Jacob. I'm Team Jacob all the way. I'm, I would... Why are you Team Jacob? I don't know. I just... I have more of a pull towards him. I think he has more genuine interest in her like wanting to make sure she's okay. mentally okay and all that stuff whereas edward i don't know like i he just comes off creepy to me like i'm like i feel like in fact i think in the new book that she's put out where it's twilight from edward's perspective at first he wants to kill her like he he wants because he can't read her because she's got like that power and spoiler alert right like she's got that power where she can block it but yeah I, i've never read any of the twilight books so this is all secondhand what i'm being told from a very close friend of mine so i don't know how that, but i'm i'm more pulled towards jacob what about you that works that works which 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 team are you on i I am Team Edward. You would be. I, uh, like, Edward has 
good motives behind what he does. Here's the thing. I feel really bad for Jacob because he kind of gets the short end of the stick. And book four is just all sorts of twisted up um, as far as the dynamics that they end up mm-hmm. with um, for their family. But uh, I'm team Edward. <laughs> David says they're both terrible people. Yeah, well, well you're, he's not wrong. He's not I, wrong. I've never read the book, so I, I don't know. So, okay, I will take people at their word. They're not good people in general. Well, they're not actually well, they're people. Not, so. they're not, well, they're I mean, not Jacob people, is. But... I mean, when you have a vampire that's like centuries old, hell, a century old teenager at that, like, are they going to be normal? Like, they're not going to be normal. Anyways. <laughs> they're not, like, would you be in that, like, ever teenager state forever like just moody all the time i don't know i i mean you're let's you're just... dead so i i don't know it's let's not get into that vamp i mean it is it is halloween season it is spooky season so we're we're getting there we're, we're getting, getting there. there which is our topic in a couple of weeks so exactly we'll talk about it then but this week we're talking about writing and politics this is going to be interesting Jake, I'm going to let you open up with this one because I get triggered so easily with politics. If anybody that follows me knows, I get I follow that shit very fucking closely. In fact, I had to update Jake half the time. This is what happened today. <laughs> That's So here's the thing. Like, I don't watch the news and I don't really follow politics. Like, it wouldn't be, like, my first choice. Brandon is the one that keeps me up to date. So if I am politically way off base it's all brandon's fault uh, okay go sure yeah i'll take the blame go that, brandon that's me. i you know i'm not a good person <laughs> whatever <laughs> give me a break uh, jason already has his hand up hello jason good afternoon guys i'm here at the bar guys uh, yay topic i actually do not talk politics in writing so i'm going to be bailing out today but i'll see you guys next week um, peace, love, all that stuff. Yes. Um, it, this is just one topic I just do not discuss, period, on Twitter, that, or Facebook, or any place like that. So that's totally understandable. I will see you guys next week. I just wanted to say howdy, and when I saw the topic, it's like, nope, I'm out. That's perfectly so fine. You guys have, totally understand. You guys have a win. I'll have a drink for all you guys, and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you, Jason. Have, 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 have fun. <laughs> all right, bye. Um... So this is obviously going to be a, you know, a, a very sensitive topic for a lot of people. Well, and I do want to, like I said before, I don't want this to be one side versus the other. This is more about how does, how do politics influence your writing as an author? And how do we kind of put our political spin on it in our writing? I think that's the important thing to take away from this. Yes. So, Um, so here is my question for you, Brandon, Mm -hmm. is can we look back and see politics influencing writing in like classics, for instance? You know, and this is all opinion based. I think you absolutely can. I think if you look back at certain timeframes in certain areas, um, if you have a, a writer that wants to, we'll say, we'll say, if they're living in the time of a tyrant, right, and they don't, okay. they don't agree with that tyrant, 
um, or fascist or whatever, right? They will write something that is anti that, right? They will write and not necessarily like far the far opposite direction, but something that makes you think, oh, well, this we should be able to do this and you should be able to do that. So you can see that in throughout history, you know, that's how it is. David, you have your mic open if you want to go ahead and speak. Yeah, I do. Uh, can you hear yeah. me? Yep. Yeah, so uh, for me and whatnot, uh, writing and politics are sort of intrinsically uh, connected. Uh, just about everything everybody writes. I mean, unless they're going for just pure pulp, you know what I mean? Just kind of mindless, brainless, whatever. And even that uh, in and of itself has uh, political leanings. Everything I write has some kind of political um, slant to it because writing is a very that's a very deeply personal soul kind of deep kind of thing you're taking pieces of yourself whether you like it or not right. and you're putting it on a page and giving it to people your politics are in your writing period see and i love that take on it because i i tend to agree with you like even even like for instance like i write middle grade a lot of middle grade um, and I know for a fact, like I am pitting one side against the other and it sets children up even like whether you mean to or not to have this idea that there is a good way and a bad way, or there's this side versus this side. Um, and it's something that you really can't help because there's controversy in writing and and then in fairness and whatnot, I think there's levels to it. I think sometimes you on purpose try to put your politics into things and whatnot, but and then sometimes it's just sort of a subtle thing and whatnot. You the the old adage of you write what you know is that kind of thing. So you know, I'm I, I I'm every which way but loose in terms of who I have a thing for basically. So I tend to write characters that way. Right. Okay. That has that has a leaning, however you want to slice it, really and truly, uh, towards uh, I don't know what you would call it: social liberalism, openness, acceptance, however you want to call it, and whatnot. Right. Um, so, so even just doing that and whatnot, I mean, in this day and age, you have a a gay side character, and suddenly you're. And I, this is in quotation marks, <laughs> the gay agenda. Yes. Watch no, totally. as, they, as they order pizza, the gay agenda. Watch as they argue over what television show, you know, the gay agenda, you know, shit like that, you know, being in your work and that kind of thing. It's there, There's levels to it. Sometimes you're like really slapping them in the face with it. And other times you're just, you're just writing a story and, and the story has pieces of you and what you know or what you're trying to explore yourself and whatnot. Because you don't always write what you right. know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm white and I have no idea what it's like to be an Asian woman with a terminal illness, but that's one of my main characters right now. Right. So that involves research that involves kind of stepping outside myself. And that kind of requires, you know what I mean? Politics. It's, it's intrinsically written. I'm writing from a different place, a different perspective. I'm in someone else's shoes. In order to do that, I have to look at things from someone else's point of view. And someone else's point of view 
is colored by their politics. It, it's all you can't really get away with it. You can't get away from it. Well, and I think it's <clears throat> and if you write a world like politics are in every in some form they're in every story. It, it like you said, it's it's every story out there. So it's whether you are rooting for the quote unquote good guys or the quote unquote bad guys and but it's how they are perceived in that world. Um so it's it's and we I think we base a lot of our stories on regimes and democracies and stuff like that like we know of today and it's it's an interesting take on when you look at it throughout history how authors have written those stories to kind of reflect the times that they're living in and what they think is right or wrong if that makes sense yep <laughs> i don't know what i was trying to say Doug? <laughs> uh, Lindsay, hop on here um, I was going to say, I think my favorite example would be, and we could talk Tolkien to death on everything, but uh, I remember watching a documentary about Tolkien and how his works were inspired by everything that was going on with like the British Industrial Revolution at the time. Mm -hmm. And I found that fascinating because I will admit at the time, and it's going to make me sound incredibly obtuse, but I never thought of it that way, you know? Well, I mean, and I, I yeah. think a lot of times, like the the pieces that are really done well that are not specifically meant to be political mm -hmm. in in certain senses do such a great job of showing us that without flat out smacking us upside the head with right. it oh, um, and it's not something that people necessarily pick up on or or grasp but they're internalizing it nonetheless one that i think i and i didn't realize it and i've never read the books but i've seen the movie um is the golden compass and how it was based on like christianity and their kind of quote unquote mm -hmm. their chokehold on the world right and it was mm -hmm. interesting to look at it from that perspective and you're like oh that actually i i can see how that is connected and how it would work in that way and <clears throat> so it's one of those kind of again it's it's done in a way that's subtle but when you real when it clicks you're like oh my gosh that's actually very obvious once you know it but you don't always know it right away and i think that's hard sometimes that's hard to do as an author so jake how can an author kind of put their political views and their morals into a story that's subtle um i think just i think politics and and morals kind of fall on two different sides of the same sword okay. um and so i think especially with with morals um i feel like that comes through with specifically with characters and character development and the arcs that they go through um i think the poli political side can be much more subtle okay. um than than um than, than the, the moral compass of your characters. Um, and so to me, at least, I feel like there is this, this undercurrent, I guess, of, of what your political stance might be towards something okay. or the fact that there are politics in general. Right, right. 
What about you, Brandon? How do you feel that authors can add in their politics and morals you, you, without being so didactic? I, I, I think you're right. I think it's tricky and you have to do it. I think looking at the a specific character and their journey, you have to be able to kind of go that route of what that character deems appropriate and not appropriate. Um, and you have to look at that as a on a character by character basis and kind of follow their their arc of where they're going to go and why they went here and why this makes sense to them. And I think that's where it gets a little difficult um, because again, every every person is different and every and their view and their journey is going to be very different. So you, in their mind and in that character's mind, it's going to make sense. So you can't just flatline like, oh, this is blah, 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 you know, this is good and this is bad. Not everything always works like that because that character's perspective might not make, it might not make sense, not yet. So you have to kind of baby yeah. it and you have to kind of follow them through that journey of why they determine that this is good or this is bad. And then it has to make sense. Does that, I don't know if that really answers your question. Yeah, that, no, that makes sense to me. Um, and I think our, our listeners will be able to draw stuff from that. So, so <clears throat> one thing, I was reading an article this week, and one thing I found interesting is how political views in stories, and I never thought about this, and Jake, we touched base on it last night, you and I were kind of chit-chatting, um, is clothing. How, All right, how, so tell us about so clothing. How political views can actually should influence your clothing of your characters in that timeline so jake what do you think of when i think of um i'm gonna use star wars as an example because i love star wars okay so in the star wars empire regime think of what their clothing looks like the empire's clothing it's all very stiff very rigid very just there's not a whole lot of color right well, and also they, like, if we're talking, like, stormtroopers and stuff like that, like, they, it's all about conformity. Right. So that makes sense. So it wouldn't make sense to have this, and I'm going to use the word again, regime that has, like, a very non-conformist sort of clothing line, right? Yeah. So, it, no, so you have to think of that, too, when you're making your world of that 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 situation so that is a big part of it as well i mean it, you have to you don't have to make it's not a huge huge part but like if you're writing your book you do clothing does you need to think about what they're going to be wearing and such yeah absolutely um and and that goes to for like still talking on the star wars theme like um with the rebels they have much more variety in their clothing right. um and they also have uh even hairstyles right. like leia's buns on the side of her head are <laughs> like out of the ordinary are they called buns i don't know if that's what they're is that what they're called well i don't know i just always heard them referred to as like cinnamon rolls yeah well that's yeah that i could see so cinnamon rolls cinnamon, cinnamon buns, buns you know i just went with it go with it <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to. That's for sure. So, what's another 
and I'm kind of baiting you on this one. I'm hoping you're going to take the bait. But my feeling is you're not going to. What's another thing that you should be? The Hunger Games. Uh, okay. Yes, that's a great example. Okay, so tell me about The Hunger Games. So The Hunger Games, like, you have this extreme political standing in The Hunger Games. Um, and you have these people who are wealthy and political who have these extreme fashions, um, extreme uh, hairstyles, extreme everything. And it's very, um, very opposite of what you have for the majority, the vast majority of the people who are kind of oppressed and kept under the political thumb, so to right. speak. That's a really good example. I didn't even think about that one. Did not even think about that Okay, one. Now, you, now you can bait me with okay. your other one. I'm, I was just going to ask, what's another thing that authors can use in their story that will express opposing political views? Ooh, that was... Okay. Um, I didn't bait you very well. Alex. No, you didn't. You kind of left me hanging there. <laughs> Music. Music. I love it. Okay. Music is a great form to show... Um, like this music's allowed, this music's not allowed, or that the character's listening to a certain song and they ha they can be like, oh, it's not allowed to be listening to this one because the 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 ruling party doesn't approve of it, or it's a banned list or books. It, I mean, books are a great, yeah. great example because I mean, given this group, I think we all banning books is. Never really a good idea. We'll just say that. <laughs> but it's something that you can use as a tool in your writing to really kind of set the tone for a political um, uh, piece of your story. Right. I think that's where it's knowing those subtle tools. And it's it's something, it's a minor thing that you can mention once, maybe a couple times, that really kind of helps create that world in a better way and make it more realistic. So Brandon, you mentioned music is a good one. Do you have an example of a book that uh, uses music either for or against the political standpoint? Ooh, uh, I don't off the top of my head. I'm sure you're baiting me and I'm sure you're like, I know you know this. But I can't. I know you know this, Brandon. My guess says 1984, but I don't know. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's totally right. I haven't read 1984. So, yeah. so um, when you're talking about 1984, obviously they have specific songs and slogans and things, and music is very. Um, it's a. It's very cultivated. It's very. Um, precise in what they you're allowed to to listen right. to um and i think that sets the tone very uh quickly for this for the political stance that the book takes right. okay is there something else that they can use to like we as authors can use to like help create that world and i've got one specific that i want you to say so we're um, 
you're really sucking at the baiting I thing. really am. I'm not doing a very good job. I'm still hungry. That's the problem. And I don't have any popcorn. And I haven't. Lame. I know. I haven't, you told me you were going to make popcorn. I haven't bought any popcorn for a while. I was thinking almost any form of entertainment, right? Like they would want to either it's highly controlled or it's highly not controlled. It's deregulated, whichever way you want to look at that. But it's a form of what are they doing for fun? right television is a great one like what is there limited shows that a character can watch or is it completely free and they're watching whatever on wherever and so on and so forth um those are kind of a that's another subtle way of helping create the like you said like the tone of the world that the character's in yeah absolutely um, I have another example, and the funny thing is, and this I'm gonna get to this point right afterward, but remind me, Brandon, because sometimes I get sidetracked. You do. Um, so in for my job, I work with a, a charter school that specifically deals with autistic uh, youth, and in my students' English class, they are reading Fahrenheit 451. Okay. Um, and obviously we talked about book banning and um, a more extreme version of that is book burning. And so to me that in Fahrenheit 451, obviously we're setting this huge political tone, um, but it's also a moral compass as well. Right. Um, it's one of those ones that is clearly defined where it's not as subtle as in a lot of other books. It's clearly a political piece. Mm -hmm. Um, about the the state of the world and and kind of where we're heading, um, and so I find it fascinating that that is a book that is on um, on a lot of banned lists. And to me, it's funny that the the books, a lot of the books that are banned, are ones that are commentaries on society. Um, and politics specifically. And it's just very telling that those are the books that are getting banned that people don't want you to read. Okay. Because that statement in and of itself is very political. Well, I think, and this is where dystopian books kind of, they, I, I feel like they kind of, this is their baby, right? They, when you have a dystopian book, you kind of, I feel like the ones I've read, you pick like an extreme view of something and you implement that in that story. So it's like, well, how did they get there? And what's the, the, the challenge of this particular story? And that's where you can kind of run with it. Um, I think of God with his name of that story. I haven't read it yet. Handmaid's Tale. Okay. Yep. That's another great one of a political view of a, of a for a story and how this extreme version can be very scary and how it can be happening in the world around you. So it's kind of it, dystopian books are very good at that kind of situation where it's like well, we're going to take this one one very particular view and we're going to run with it. But I think you're right when you have, when you start banning those books that have those 
because they're very political. They're and you can be very political view on those dystopian type of books, um, which is I'm writing one right now. And Jake, you know that. Um, yes, I do. Um, where there's this extreme view on how the world could be, and we kind of we can how people start like banning those those types of books because they don't want people to. Well, this isn't a right view. This isn't a correct view. Well, it's it's a story. Like, it's not. I don't know what I'm where I'm going with this. I have no idea where I'm going to go. Where I'm, that's okay. Too, you can. But it's, you it's can one of those conundrums where you're like, well, you know, that's. It's not out of the realm of possibility because there's already like laws and stuff that have been put into place or what have you. Um, so that's what makes it very scary in some of these. And you're yeah, right when it's like, absolutely. well, you're banning this book because it's got this extreme political view, well, which is especially with Fahrenheit 451, it's like that that's what you're doing in the book. Like that's literally what yeah. the book's doing. So it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. So Exactly. Um, Lindsay did say that Fahrenheit 451 was her favorite book in high school English. So that is awesome to hear. I was a because we love to read those banned books because, again, they have great political messages. Yes. Mine was, Jake, can you guess my favorite banned book in high school? Um, in high school? In high school. Um, Slaughterhouse Five? No. Scarlet Letter. Fucking loved that one in oh, high yeah. school. Loved that one. That's such a that good one. That one was a good one. What, what, was, your, what was yours? Um... Honestly, I think I will have to go with Lord of the Flies. Ooh, Lord of the Flies is good. That's a good one. And it's banned book week. It's banned book week. It is banned book so week. So read those banned and, books. And, <laughs> and Brandon, you have you have posted um, a picture and there's like 10 banned books on it. And you've read all I of them. I have read all of them, which is crazy because it's like I didn't think that it was a big deal reading those books. They weren't. They were just they, a lot of them were conversation pieces, um, and most of them I read in high school. So it was like, well, that was, but that was a while back. We'll just say that uh, <laughs> <laughs> a while ago. Um, so I didn't. I guess I didn't really think twice of it. So I don't see. I don't see what the problem is, but because I, you know, you get those people like, well, it makes the it makes, and I'm not. And I'm not trying to trigger anybody or poke fun of anybody or anything like that. Um, we all know me. You should know me well. And if, if I'm going to say something, I'm going to just say it. Um, it's it's those people that are like, well, I, it makes my kid feel bad. Well, if it in this, if it makes your kid feel bad to read it, that's how they learn. And how do you think someone feels when that actually happens to them? That's yeah. where that empathy comes Oops. in. So. I was just going to say books are all about creating empathy and giving you a chance to see the world from somebody else's point of view. Lindsay, you got your hand. Go ahead. Uh, I think I may have mentioned this before, um, like during one of the writer's blocks sessions. Sorry, my cat's like, hey, love on me. <laughs> of course. It's um, all good. I grew up pretty like conservative. I'm definitely not conservative now, but <laughs> I grew up really <laughs> conservative. But my parents were also ones that wanted us to learn and experience the world 
as much as we could growing up like really small town slash country. And I think the only book that my mom ever was like, no, you cannot read that. And it was like a very gentle conversation, but I was like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna ban books, your kid reading books, you should at least have a gentle, like a good reason. And you should have a gentle conversation with them. And that's what my mom did with me. I, I was kind of precocious in like my reading material as a kid and I was reading above my grade level. So I picked up a time to kill by John Gershom and I was like 14. I was in no way emotionally ready for that book. I think I picked it up again at 18 and I was still had a hard time getting through that book. And there's a lot of, lot of political stuff, but I think for me, it was more the content, especially the first, you know, the scene that started the whole yeah, the inciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna get yeah. into details because, like, the, yeah. But um, my mom, all she did is she came and she saw that I, she just pe- peeked in on me to say goodnight. She saw I had that book in my hand. I had just started like maybe the first two or three pages, probably first page, honestly. And she came in and she just gently took it out and sat it down on my lap and she said, "Lindsay, you are not ready for this book." And and that's a key thing. Like, if as writers we can write. Obviously, whatever we want, um, whether that's picked up and 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 people enjoy reading that is a different matter. But that being said, people have the right to to look at it and say yes or no to that political viewpoint. Um, And I think that's the beautiful thing is that they have the option to do that. So, right. uh, M. Um, I want to take this back to why are parents even going into the book banning? I mean, they're trying to take their parenting away from, I mean, take parenting away from other parents. If you don't want your kids to read a certain book, then you oversee them and make sure they don't read that book. Well, uh, in front of you, but that, that would require them to parent though. I mean, that's the same thing that happened with the, the sweet cereals. You know, parents were like, well, you know, my kid wants a cereal, but it's got too much sugar in it. Isn't it your responsibility to tell them no? Yep. Makes sense to yeah. me. Yeah. My mom never had any problem telling us no. I think I think uh, no can be a polarizing word, especially now in a society where everything is yes and immediate. Um, and I think that's something to keep in mind as we are writing, um, whether that's about politics or morals or anything else, um, and something to kind of push the limits on. And by the way, Brandon, Scarlet Letter was also my favorite book in high school. I knew, I knew him and I had a connection. And I, I did anybody else see Elon Musk pop in? I know that wasn't actually him, but I was like... Yes, I, I did. Was, I commented. I was like... Did Elon Musk just pop in? <laughs> he popped the the profile popped up and I was like, no way. And I clicked. I was like, that's not him. <laughs> it's all right. It's a it's a I mean, uh, backwards bragging. You know what? Right? He's more than welcome to jump in on this conversation. I would love to have a conversation with him about um politics, politics and, and free speech. Would love to. What? <laughs> Perfect. That would become a must um, um, 
he would go down and I would I would <laughs> I would be like Jake hold my beer I'm going all in on this this is I am not holding back there is I do not need to be kind the rest of us would just get popcorn I would just be like oh my god here gosh. we go this we're gonna I'm not gonna lie I'm not going to lie. My first question would be, dude, if you were going to go down to the border, why couldn't you at least make sure that you weren't wearing your cowboy hat backwards? Uh, I just, I... Native Texan, I rode horses. It, like, this is something Jake knows because we've talked horses, but, like, I grew up riding and all that stuff. And, um, like, I picked this up for my dad, and it's, it's extremely petty and really stupid, but it drives me nuts if certain cowboy hats are not shaped a certain way because, like, but that's stupid. Like it's really. I know. Stupid. Ex- if you I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. He even had it shaped in the direction of the back of the cowboy hat. <laughs> you just, you just smile <laughs> and just, you know. <laughs> like it's stupid. It's the pettiest thing ever. But I was just like, I love being petty. Seriously, do you not? Do you not even realize how dumb your hat looks right now? Petty. It doesn't even matter, but oh my god. Petty. I love it. I'm all about being petty. <laughs> so, so Jake, what's another way we as authors can put our political views into a story subtly? So, there's the other side of the coin, and that's putting them in not so subtly. Okay. Um, and I think that that has a place too where you have highly politicized highly um differential views that are being expressed in writing Mm -hmm. and i think that that can be one of those conversation starters um i don't think in i think that as writers we tend to be pretty careful with what we discuss as far as politics goes um, on social media and that type of thing. Um, Kind of like Jason was saying, and I totally get that. Um, But I think that as far as our books go, you can be more political. You can, you can have an opinion and put it out there. Um, whether it's intentional or not, it's, it's going to end up in there in some way, shape or form. So whether you decide to make that subtle or whether you decide to make that a huge big bang, you know, uh, open statement is, is entirely up to you as a writer. Um, I do feel that... I, I do, before you go further, for Jake... I yeah. do want to, Amanda, I don't know if you've ever been here before, but you are welcome to join in, in this conversation. It's an open discussion. Um, just tap that mic at the bottom of your screen, and you are welcome to join in on this if you have any thoughts or opinions. If not, don't worry about it. You are perfectly fine with just listening. Go ahead, Jake. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're good. Um, I was going to say that part of um, what we talked about the other week on the writer's block with world building Um, Part of that was politics. Um, And I think that that's a key thing that a lot of people don't always consider when they are world building is the political standpoint. Um, I know during that time we talked about uh, Dune, for instance, uh, and how that is a very political book, uh, talking about classist systems and things like that. 
And so there are a lot of books that do incorporate politics into the very, you know, fabric of what they are all about. Um, And I think that deciding or having an actual um, decision point where you say, I am going to have politics or I'm not going to have politics in this realm is a big deal. Now, can you think of a story and I'm, that doesn't have any politics in it? Um, the Runaway Bunny. I've <laughs> bullshit. God damn it, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the you damn said that so like the Runaway Bunny, like spot, <laughs> like I don't know what, like <laughs> I don't. It was my favorite book as a of kid. Course. I don't. Look <laughs> at Jake. Oh my God. Uh, I have a I have a comment. Yeah, go for it, Em. This has been very, very enlightening because I was afraid, I think, more when the topic was introduced, that it would be more like the writer was installing their political views into their writing. But in reality, political views in writing are pretty ordinary. And it doesn't necessarily state your political views because I don't do that anywhere. Um, but like in my writing, I really tried to stay out of the political forum, but still, you know, my main characters, it's obvious they don't believe in the legal system. They don't believe in a lot of the policies that are handed down. So there is some politics there. Yeah. And and like David was saying at the beginning, I don't think you can help but have politics in, in most works of fiction um, because your characters are opinionated, because there is conflict naturally involved in writing. Right. Um, it's it's something that is inherent to to writing in general. So, well, and I think... so I'm understanding, you know, this topic a little better because I was afraid of it when it first popped up. I was like, oh, this is going to get dicey. Yeah, that's why Jake and I were like, we need to preface this. Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, and and I I think you know I think Jason might have had the opinion that we were talking you know like Republican Democrat type things. That's not the the point of this. Um, the point the point is to point is to make the observation that there are a lot of viewpoints that are expressed, whether you are aware of it or not by your characters or from your own viewpoint that gets put on the page. Right. And I, th- I think that's, we as authors, it's, and writers in general, um, it's something that we, like you said, we tend to do whether we realize it or not. And it's because, you know, every world that we create has some sort of political issues or what have you on some form um so it makes it difficult and i can see how it could be like oh this is gonna get dicey this is republican democrat independent view like nope that's not what this is about we're we're very down the middle of the road in this discussion right now (laughs) inversing it makes it even more complicated 
Yes. So, 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 so what I mean by that is, so I referred to, you know, it's intrinsic that you're going to put, it's a writing is a personal thing. Uh, so's reading. Um, so even if you write the most apolitical novel in the history of, of novels, someone who reads it may see a political message in it. It's art. Right. Art is subjective. It's supposed to make somebody feel something. And that's the inverse too. You, you, you can't avoid it either direction. You, you know, you could, you sit there and spend 20 damn years making a, a novel with, you're sure, you're certain. There's no political leanings. And the next thing you know, there's people on Twitter arguing about how you're pro-communism or you're pro-fascism or you're anti-Catholic church. No, he's pro-Catholic church. No, actually he's Southern Baptist. No, he's this. And, and then you're just like, I'm just going to go hide in my hole. Now you people totally missed the point. Yeah. I think that, that, that's the, like you said, it's just the nature of the reader. Cause we all have our own personal political views and we will read something and we'll see it from our viewpoint on that. That's like, there's, it's that, it's kind of a joke where it's like, you know, a writer makes a curtain blue in a story. And then the English teacher's like, well, why did you create the, why did the author make the curtains blue? And the students have to decipher it. And then the author's like, I just needed them to be blue. Like that. Right. And, and, and that's, (laughs) and that's why I don't, and that's why I don't, I don't think about it. That's why I don't let it bother me. You know what I mean? I, I I've read Dead Inside by Chandler Morrison. Once I read that, I was like, yeah, I can get away with anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Once I read that, I was worried for a while because you know I write horror, and you know every now and again I like to write splattery stuff. And I was like, man, I'm kind of worried about this. And I read that book, and I was like, mm, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> You're good across good. the board, right? <laughs> I'm good. I'm great. <laughs> I'm, I'm right here in this really not uncomfortable area. We're having a grand old time. <laughs> So, you know, it's one of the few people on here who has actually read my novel. Yeah, I have. That is awesome. And, and yeah, it's, it's, I mean, she kills chomos and I'm all for it. I I love it. I kill kill a Catholic priest. What are you talking about? (laughs) That's what I said, chomos. You see where I, you know, it's like, you can't even, you can't even get out of politics when you're talking, really, you know what I mean? Like, you know, y'all avoid it. I just got to let y'all know, I don't, by and large. Um, I, and Jake knows (laughs) this, I generally don't, I don't have a problem talking politics, right? But as a host on this show, I'm checking myself right now, like. He's being so good about it. You have to check me. (laughs) You know, <laughs> Zach, good to have you on here too. Just remember, if you want to join in the conversation, click that little mic button in the bottom left corner of your screen, and you are more than welcome to speak as well. Oh, that was that was um, creepy because you said that and he hadn't popped up yet. Um, he did pop up. I don't mind. Me. He just might not have popped up on. I don't mind, didn't so. Anyway, the point is, is that politics is something you can't avoid because as a writer you will have it in there whether you like it or not and as a reader they're going to take things from it whether you like it or not and that is honestly it's a beautiful thing because again we're sharing differences of opinion and it like brandon said it creates that empathy for other human beings and whether it makes you feel good or bad 
the point is is that it makes you feel something I, yeah i think it it creates conversation and opening and i we tend to forget i mean i the, uh, i'm trying i'm trying just say I'm it trying. just say we, it just say <laughs> it we lack we're lacking that let's just have a conversation and not yell at each other that's i feel like that's slipping away like we just let's just talk your your view is your view my view is my view and doesn't mean i'm right doesn't mean i'm wrong doesn't mean you're right doesn't mean you're wrong and it's having that conversation with people about this is what I think about this story. Um, that is what we do as authors. We create conversations, right? And we create worlds and we create, we create, we create, we create. And that's, that's what we do. Right. So Brandon, do you feel like books can be kind of that segue between the conversations that are not happening and at least getting a feeling or opinion across. Yeah. It might not be a, a, a dialogue, but at least it's a sharing of different viewpoints. Absolutely. Yes. I think, uh, you know, I, I like to read stories that are out of my typical point of view and I like to challenge what I understand. And I, you know, this is like, I wouldn't want that to happen to me or so on and so forth. So I think that helps bridge that gap. Um, and having, you know, all representation, all that all matters in stories and what have you. So I think, yeah, I'm just going to end it right there. <laughs> That, that works. Um, Any further, and, and I would have just went down a rabbit hole. I was like, I and that's okay. Um, <laughs> I think, I think that too. Like, like Jake was saying at the very beginning, it's it's really important to, you know, not shy away from representation or or from these viewpoints because we don't want to get to a point where we are in a state of beige. Yeah. We don't want everything to be so mono monotone and we want things to have spice and to have color and just these vib the vibrancy so that um you know so that conversation stays alive. Yeah. So so well that's my I know opinion. And books are good. Going back to what Brandon was saying earlier in my own writing and my own series, the whole reason I started it was because people have quit seeing the missing kids, you know, when they pop up on social media, they become immune to them. Yeah. But parents, you know, once the movie Taken came out, parents were becoming more aware of where their kids went, especially their teenagers and how, you know, People are actually out there looking to snatch a child. Yeah. Well, when I went in to start writing this, and because I've worked with children for so many years, I wanted to find a way to reconnect those parents with observing what their kids were doing. Um, and even though it is done in a work of fiction, there are still a lot of realities 
that I've included in there, you know, like how the kids are searched. You know, if somebody higher up is looking for a redheaded little girl, there will be somebody out there searching for a redheaded little girl. Um, you know, and the numbers and stuff like that. But I did it in a way that hopefully was entertaining, but still teaches them that they really need to be careful. Absolutely. And I think that's the biggest thing is that fiction is a reflection of reality. And because of that, um, when we talk about some of these classic books or some of these newer books that are very political in nature, they are a reflection of that. They are simply taking uh, a piece of the puzzle and making it into more of a caricature to where everything is emphasized. And because of that, it makes people sit up and notice. And to me, at least, that's not a bad thing. Well, in my particular instance, because my subject matter, matter is really dark, I don't focus on the child abuse. Right. Because that is, that would be very detrimental to a lot of people. Um, but I focus on, you know, this world that I've created where these ghosts go out and take out the people who are responsible for the child abduction. Yeah. Um, and, and that being said, again, like you can't tackle every single little political thing, but you can, again, take a piece and make a character of it, make it larger than life so that people have to sit up and take notice. Yeah. At least that's my take on it. Brandon. And I think it's a responsibility of a writer to do some of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is. I think it's, it's, uh, I think most writers are out there to have books and works that change the world. Yes. Because they're seeing something that needs to be said. Um, and so I think it's kind of this, uh, mantle that writers can carry that they are responsible for something like that. Right. And I think it's, when you say change the world, like you say that and I'm like, well, yes, change the world, but it's changed through, through one reader at a time. Right. So it's a slow process yep. and it's like, how does that change that? Which, you know, you have one person read this book and it's like, Oh my gosh, like that completely changed how I viewed things. Um, and it's, well, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's just a slow process. It's like in, in like one of my books, like in a lot of my books, actually, I have gay characters. And if that changes one person's perspective or they see something in a different light, great. My book's done its job. Right. Exactly. And that I think counts for politics too. Right. So Jake. Yes. Brandon. We are about out of time. I know. Um, I will say that this has been honestly a very enlightening conversation um, that I, I'm glad we tackled. I was really nervous, Brandon, when you first, um, when you first brought this topic. Yes. Up. So, so for those of you that don't know, um, 
I, I made the topics for this for this season. I presented them to Jake, and he was like, "Politics, really?" I was like, "It needs to be talked about. It's part of it's part of the writing world. Like we have to talk about it. We just have to be. We have to address it from a writer's perspective. And it it actually took. He didn't want to do it. Jake did not want to do it. And we I was like, "No, we need to. It's whether we want to admit it or not. It's part of our world. So." Uh, we got a couple hands up. Lindsay, let's go with you, and then uh, Zach, we'll move on to you. I was just going to say real quick that um, this was not one I was expecting to, like, be as vocal as I was on. And I'm kind of, I, I really enjoyed it, like, because, yeah, I think politics makes everybody a little bit gun shy. I used to work for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and we were very, I worked for the government, but we were told, do not talk politics. It was crazy, but it's, 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 I love what Brandon had said about like it's it's our job as writers to you know kind of influence that in even if it's just in our own small way and i think that's beautiful so perfect thank you Love for it. joining Lindsay. we appreciate it uh zach go ahead hi um i just uh when it, i when i saw this space and i saw this topic it got me thinking of one book in particular that i read um late last year and has been a major source of influence for my own current work in progress. Uh, and that is um, The Devil Takes You Home by Gabino Iglesias. Um, it is, if anyone, I don't know if anyone has or hasn't read it, it is an amazing book. But uh, I, I uh, on Gabino Iglesias's uh, Twitter, because I follow him, he has frequently spoken about one of the things that his editor did when going over the book was uh, they recommended not to get political in the book because it would hurt sales. And he ignored that advice. Um, and it, and uh, the book, first of all, has gotten many different, um, it, it's, it's done very well. I don't believe it's necessarily hurt the sales, but I think like in this case with the book, uh, I even, uh, whether or not I agree with his politics or not, I think the book, the the politics drives the story so much, right. it, like the the narrative and everything. And I think really as writers, um, we, we, I agree, we can be gun shy about getting political because we don't want to alienate people. But I think one thing to remember is in, uh, in so much, uh, uh, in so many stories, uh, our character's journey can be defined by politics. It can be defined by government, uh, by governments, by institutions, and the actions taken by them and the consequences of that. Exactly. Uh, whether you agree, whether you, you know, regardless of what side you go on. So um, I think really, um, and, and really, there's many. We can we could go on all day about all the different books that do things that sample things politically but i think even in books that are not uh obviously books like 1984 fahrenheit 451 are you know have to be political plot wise but even in books uh in genres such as horror fantasy uh romance or whatever if they uh be if they become political at some point or another but it's part of a character's journey and into and it touches on part of a character's past and trauma and grief and overall story, I say that can be a very helpful thing. Absolutely. Excuse me if I excuse me if I stutter a lot. By the way, you're, no, Zach, you are just you're fine. perfectly fine, Zach. 
Um, Zach, what was that title one more time? It's called The Devil Takes You Home. It is a... Uh, Takes you home. Okay. By Gabino. Gabino's a beast. Mm-hmm. In case yep. anybody's curious, Gabino Iglesias is a beast. Yes. I great. am definitely adding that one to my to-be-read list. Yes, it is a great um, literary horror noir novel. Um, right. I uh, And like I said, it, it is a major source because I myself am writing a horror literary horror novel and it was reading it was a major source of inspiration for my own novel i love that love it. i love that love it jake we are out of time okay. yes i know brandon yes where can people find this lovely recording you can find this recording on any major podcast except for pandora right like you can't listen on there but you can listen on everybody else um on podbean.com just look for us the writer's block we have I don't even know what number episode we're on. It, there's a lot. There's a lot of episodes. There's, I think there's, there's over thirty at this yeah, point. Yeah, there's, there's, I think it's well over thirty. But yes, um, and then don't forget to follow us over on Twitter. We'll put articles and videos and uh, pic, pictographs and all sorts of stuff up there for your, your resource. Kind of a one-stop shop where you can, you know, learn some new stuff and have some fun doing it. Meet some great people. Get some great book recommendations. That's what we're here to do, right? That's what we're here to yes. do. We appreciate you all that came to listen and to chat with us. Um, we do this for you guys, and we wouldn't be here if it weren't for yes. you. Jake, while we're here, before we leave, because I know you're getting ready to walk out the door, <laughs> What do you know what we're talking about next week? Um, no. no okay. <laughs> As usual, we'll be here next week at, at 7 p.m. Central Time, where we're going to be talking about biographies. Um, oh, so yeah. that'll be interesting. Cool. And then the week after that, we're going to be talking about, I named it Crossing the Line. I, I, I'm, it's talking how far is too far for an author? What's the limit? And then the week after that, this is going to be the fun one. And M, I'm looking at you when I say this. This is when we're going to be talking about horror, thriller, you know, scary stories in general. So. Awesome. I'm just saying in general. I don't. That would be not the one you got to worry about, guys. <laughs> I'm, more, I'm more worried about David. <laughs> and apparently about Zach, I'm too. David's work, too. Oh, Lord. <laughs> we, got a, we got a motley crew on this one. It's going to be great. So, yes, feel free to join us for any of those. We'll be posting updates on Twitter. And I, this, this recording should be up on Podbean within the next 24 hours. Wink, yep. wink, it wink be at tonight. Jake on that one. Good night, Listen to hear you. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Good night. Bye.